0: This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. I was going to go on to the next topic today, which would have been some points of Chinuch. Um, I instead Mm. want to revisit, I guess, and talk a little bit about the topics of last time, which was a muss Chachamim, Gedolim, etc. Um, before that, like I've done a few times before, whenever I come across an article of interest, especially about science, I want to share it. Um, I uh, it's not it's always out of order, but that's you know that the article came out recently and I read it. The point of this article is to, to understand that when scientists use different tools and they present it as pure fact. Unless you know the mechanics of how the tool was used, you have to be very wary, very cautious. Um, now, this is an article out of Science News. Science News is a very respectable science magazine. It's a biweekly, a digest of um, of uh, the science news. It's, it's it's as standard mainstream as you can get. Now. The article, I will read a little bit of it and uh, try to talk about a drop. The 18-inch long Atlantic salmon lay perfectly still for its brain scan. Emotional pictures, a triumphant young girl just out of a somersault, a distressed waiter who had just dropped a plate flashed in front of the fish as a scientist read the standard instruction script aloud. The machine clunked and whirred capturing minute changes in the salmon's brain as it assessed the images. Millions of data points capturing the fluctuations in brain activity streamed into a powerful computer which performed Herculean number crunching, sorting out which data to pay attention to and which to ignore. By the end of the experiment, neuroscientist Craig Bennett and his colleagues at Dartmouth College could clearly discern in the scan of the salmon's brain a beautiful red hot area of activity that lit up during the emotional scenes so here you have a salmon um, the one in new square was a cop this guy's a salmon so i guess he's <laughs> he's more emotional the the cop was talking talked about tshuva. they flashed cards of different activities and the thing uh, and you could see the brain activity an atlantic salmon that responded to human emotions would have been an astounding discovery guaranteeing the publication at top tier journal and a life of scientific glory for the researchers. Except for one thing, the fish was dead. Now, the article goes on to explain, it was a lead article actually, and what it does is it explains that the technique used to discern this activity is called a functional MRI, fMRI. Now, um, a whole bunch of things come into play, the first thing you realize is, A, it doesn't, an MRI can measure tissue, it's sort of an x-ray of tissue, but it, it, it can't, it doesn't measure things that are moving, and especially the brain doesn't have kind of moving parts, so what it was measuring actually is an oxygen release from the blood, which is assumed to correlate it actually doesn't measure it completely, but it measures pieces, and you've got to work out a statistical formula for what's considered random, what's not considered random, and the, 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 um, the, the um, and exactly what activities happen in neurons is very, very difficult, and so on. And it goes through the articles quite lengthy, it's uh, seven, eight pages here, and um, really, really done well. The point is, rarely do you have, in science, a, a straight picture. Uh, even x-ray. Um, An x-ray sometimes is as, pardon the word, black and white as can be. You have a bone broken in two, and that's that. And uh, the x-ray definitely shows your broken bone. And then you can make that statement. On the other hand, sometimes the x-ray will show you um, a distension of something. Something is actually just seems to be not in its place, and you're assuming it seems to be kind of curved instead of straight, and to a trained eye, the assumption is there's something pushing against it at a certain (coughs) spot causing that distension. And it it will be right many times, but you're already not standing on safe ground. You're you're using um, markers that need to be interpreted and you're building it on a lot of assumptions. And it goes through here that this functioning MRI device is controversial. Controversial amongst mainstream scientists because of the assumptions they're building and the, the way it's measured and the statistics used and the, and the computer himself. The computer itself is determining based on algorithms you gave it, which activities are statistically significant, which not, and then it paints a picture. So when Shaman shows you a picture of a, a, um, a brain of the, of the salmon kind of uh, lighting up and, you know, as sort of pictures, that's not MS. All that's a, a projection of, based on assumptions, this is what we see. It's all it's measuring is really certain oxygen releases and, and we're building backwards. It may be right, it may be wrong, but it's very different um, I wanted to mention it in terms of the, all of the dating, the carbon dating, etc., that we, we extrapolate backwards. It's very hard for someone who's not an expert, myself included, to really know um, how many assumptions are put into place, what is being measured. Um, you know, and the problem is, no scientist or almost nobody goes from A to Z. You go to school, you study what's assumed as given, and you go a, a step further. I mean, great scientists have usually been people that repudiated the given and, and said, "Hey, you're giving an interpretation to a whole thing. Well, I've got a completely different interpretation that fits the facts." Plus, um, you need you need to be very wary um, when you you know the problem is we have pictures of dinosaurs, we have movies of dinosaurs. And at the end of the day, it's an interpretation of material. It's an interpretation of bits and pieces. And there are valid ways to interpret it, but just understand that you're not seeing, um, when people say they found dinosaurs, you need to ask of what did they find exactly? Um, Animals, did they find animals? They find bits and pieces, they find bones. The bones are, are, what does it look like when it's fleshed out? Um, Can you accept what's there today? can you use the carbon exchange as a valid um a, 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 as a valid measuring stick or not and we spoke about some of the things i just reading this article and the article says we're not out to knock the fmri but we want to show some serious flaws in it and it's both different assumptions i wanted to share it um as usual it's just it's something that it's helpful when y- you you are presented with fact to be able to ask what level of fact is it how much of it is rests on assumptions, how much of it is clearly visible to the senses, and et cetera. Not yes? Not to open up another can of worms, but I guess Rebbe would really make a distinction between science, which is predictive versus and the future and sort of working, in you know, airplane fly based yes. on technology yes. and, you know, lasers work. Well, well that's what we spoke last decisions. time. When science deals with the now, which means this piece of material w- under this amount of pressure will crack, science is, is factual because you can do it now in the lab and, and replicate it and that's it. But science says, when, w- I think I hate to use the word science as it was a god, when, when, when someone makes a statement that oxygen will burn and, under, and it will reach this temperature on, in this environment, you can try it and do it and it's done. When you speak about what happened, well, the question is, you've got my evidence and what assumptions is the evidence resting on. And um, that's really the, what we need to distinguish and that's why putting everything on the, the, the sweep of science is misleading in itself. Okay, um, let's go back to some of the points about Gdola and and so on. It, it is a, a very hot issue and I, I'd like to, uh, some of the points will retweet it, w- we'll be, we'll, we'll talk about again, but I, I guess just to try to get a little more structure and understanding. the, um, the, 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 the pr- Usually the problem starts that a young child is imbued with um, perspective and with facts that fit a child. So a child may be imbued with the following issue. We listen to the gdolem, the Gdolim always have it right. They have Navur, they have Ruha Kodesh, and story A, story B, story C, proving the Gdolim always know what's going to happen, and that's what we need to do. Um, it's a very, very oversimplified and possibly distorted and possibly wrong version of things. So while the Etzem idea of listen to your parents, your Rebbe, and so on, is right but sometimes when you overdo it um, you set yourself up for something that's wrong and it forces a person later years either to become an apichorus or a pesi yam very very difficult dilemma for people the Chinuch when he speaks about Sanhedrin and why we need to listen to Sanhedrin and, and the Besnak Gadol and the Ramban says this, and the Chinuch says this. They, they point out two <coughs> things. The first thing is, because they a Kodesh who wants. And that's the right thing to do. And it's, it's something that can be translated into simple logic. That You can't have anarchy. If you want a, a nation to be a nation, you need to have one place where things get ruled on. So if a person did, by what the Sanhedrin said, he did right. Secondly, he adds, but, uh, you know, there's a certain which HaKadosh doesn't let kale. It make a mistake. and a song. It's a second reason, and it's very important to understand that the primary reason is the first reason, and the secondary reason is another dimension to it. Now, the problem is when we set up infallibility as... The hallmark of Gedolim's decision. Then we're setting ourselves for something that's wrong. Um, Sadehgin can make a mistake, but are we doing right? A person, a, 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 when a person has a, a, a question and he does follow the das of Gedolei Torah, he's doing the right thing. He went to look for the answer in the right place, and whether it turned out to be the right thing to do or not, but that's what the Kachshpocho wants from him. So the first you saw is not because they're infallible, and we'll see in a second, we need to qualify that as well. It's not that they're infallible, but it's the right thing to do. And just like we tell our kids, you should listen to your parents. Not because parents are infallible. Um, those of us who are parents know the secret. Yeah. But it's the right thing to do. Yes, professor. you want? Um, and the same thing, uh, listening to to the ziknei ear, the ha'eda, is the right thing. Um, a, because it's anarchy otherwise. B, and this is a, a crucial part. They, anyone, should probably know best. And I did the right thing. So first of all, let's take infallibility off the table. Um, it's a question of right or wrong. Two, the areas in which this concept of listen to Godolem applies are areas of moral value and judgment. And let's explain it. Um, What technique works best at teaching kids is the domain of educators, psychologists, people who have experience and knowledge in that field. But there's a second issue. Let's say we find that boys and girls together create a better learning environment, which it doesn't, but that's just just using a marshal. The second area is, even though technically it creates a better learning environment, is it right to have the interaction of boys and girls? Or is it better not to have it even at the price of, 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 of having less learning? That's, that is a, a, a moral issue, that's a Tory issue. This is an issue that is very, very common in, in the following scenario. Let, let's uh, again. I, I'm just going to touch on issues, simply just to use as examples. I, it's not not that I want to go into those issues. Let's say you have mass events, concerts of sorts, events of sorts that are from in from in the sense the the people performing are, are from the meat is a lot kosher, um you know, it's kind of uh, dressed up as very from style and so on. It will it will be of benefit to people that are holding on at the edge. And there are many like that. People that's the choice of a pop concert or a religious concert. And this is a way to hold on to them. It will also drag down people higher up on the ladder that they dilute the Yiddishkeit with, with stuff that's kind of trashy. W- which one do we go with? Do we say, listen, um, there's so many people out there that are hanging on by the skin of their teeth. We need to hold on to them, even at the price of kind of mm-hmm. diluting... The general uh, stand, stature that, that people who have Torah and serious learners sh- should should be should should have the should be feel part of this stuff, or no? Well, we, we have to preserve what's good and what's right and make a very clear stand about it and exclude others. It's not a, an educational issue. It's not an issue. It, it's a moral issue. It's not even that you know. It's it, 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 it's it's a moral issue of which is appropriate to preserve with integrity that which is good and exact and perfect or to open up to, to everyone. Th- the answer that more people, we're going to lose people because of that, is not a proof. That's the question, not the proof. And, nob- and who should answer that question? Well, the person whose viewpoint you feel close, most closely reflects the Torah's viewpoint. And that's a person that, A, steeped in Torah, knowledgeable in Kol Torah, was most nefesh for it, and has, it, there's a sense that his personal agenda is Torah, to the best of our abilities. This is, this is what we have. So, those are questions that need to be answered about Torah, not because they have the technical expertise in it, but at the end of the day, that question is a particular moral question. Let's, let's take a, a much simpler case. How to, uh, how to do a certain medical treatment is an area that doctors should tell you. A doctor should tell you, will this cancer respond best to chemo? Will it respond to surgery? Will it respond to radiology? Um, if if some, Tom Kocham has a sixth sense about these things and magical powers, so be it, I, I just, I'm an amateur and these things, I can't tell you. But many times, the question has other facets to it. Um, it, 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 it k- chemo w- will take a long time and will drain the whole family and wreck the family. Um, the persons will have to go to Yisurim, but he may live better with this. Um, th- there are other other factors. The question stops becoming a medical issue and starts becoming an issue of the value of the family as a whole over this one yachid. The chances it's chayisha, it's um You know what, what? What are we talking about there? the the the, the decision of a Godel as a Godel and as a Pikeach comes into play. Uh, a, a doctor has no room and there's no mock it, It's not a medical issue. So there's there's the medical issue of what are the probable courses of the different treatments. And then there's also um, the moral issue. And and a and and person needs to have both pieces in order to ask a Shaila the way he should and, and so on. So the first thing is we d- we're not looking for infallibility, we're looking for right, what's the right thing to do, and so on. There's another point, and that's something that um, is, is, is um, in, it's seen more readily in, this, in the, uh, um, I guess, in, in the scope of history. When Rabbi Aaron came to America, and he, um, and he pushed his version of, of learning, as opposed to YU, which was the only real model, Tavardas uh, in some way. As, as opposed to the only uh, it, as a model, sh- it was considered to be a very stupid. That best he would attract a half a dozen or a dozen or two dozen young men, and neglect. Uh, uh, University serviced thousands of people who were able to receive a reasonable, uh, um, you know, a Jewish education, um, be from um, you know at a reasonable level, and so on. And it it was seen as being very stubborn and out of touch with reality. Fast forward 70 years later, um, Rebarin seems to be uh, right. Um, producing a very powerful uh, center of, of Yiddishkeit has resulted a in 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 a tremendous growth of the, from a Kehillah because of the because committed people have large families give them a chinuch, imbue them with chinuch, it has affected the more modern community raising their standards. It has produced tons of people who are also sick and cured, and so on and so forth. So, if somebody's lens would have been focused on, on five years between 1950 and 1955, he would have said, um, Rabban's wrong. And even though he's wrong, even though he was wrong, even if he even if he would have been wrong on the practical level, he, he might have been right, I mean, he, would, he was right on the... On the uh, Torah value level. But 60 years ahead, 70 years ahead, um, it's a whole different world. The same thing in Eretz Yisrael. Uh, the, the Mizrahi movement pushed for a compromise with the Zionist movement out of a sense of reality. And there, you know, the, the, you have to be realistic. They have hospitals. They have farms. They have everything. Uh, um, the Haredi world s- resisted it, stood outside of it, and at the end of the day, even from a historical um, kind of uh, a, a practical point of view, it certainly was very successful, despite the fact that logic didn't make any sense. So in the long term, um, does it lead to the to, 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 to right there? We've seen many times, yes, um, that the split off in Germany and in Hungary from the reform movement, there were many people in the middle. Reasonable, <laughs> rational, weighted people who said, "You can't split apart. You're going to capsize. They're going to capsize. You don't have the resources to make it work. You're destroying the Yiddishkeit." And in both places, the 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 separation was for sort the of benefit. So in the longer historical sweep, it's still not very clear. Um, you can't just say they were wrong because of A, because of B, because of C. Um, the the, the uh, so even if they are valuable in the short term, and again, they are felt, there's no, there's no but I'm saying, in terms of hashkocha, like Dramban says, or well, kin a scale, if you look past the immediate, uh, 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 moment, a lot of times, you write in the long run, and, and it works its way out, the, um, the, there's another myth, if only we had gedolim, like we used to have, um, I don't know, people listening, how old they are, but, L- let me bring back some painful, uh, his, some some painful historical facts from the um, from the from the past that I remember, and from the past that I read about. Um, Reb Aaron Kotler and Moshe Feinstein were the gedolim in America. They Reb Aaron Kotler was one of the most despised people in America. Ninety-nine point nine percent of the from-American uh, uh, world, despised him. He was blunt. He was sharp. He was unreasonable. He was trying to push an agenda that had no place in America. A full-time lawyer like the in Europe. Yeah. Um, r- 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 there was an interview with Rev. Schechter from YU, Mishpacha, and he said something very fascinating about his Rebbe of He said, one of the reasons our Salvechik pushed YU so strongly was he firmly believed that a, a European style yeshiva would never make it in America he certainly it, it certainly spoke to him that diagram, of but he felt it was a fool's dream, and you would end up pursuing it and getting no place. He was astounded when in his late years he, he 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 realized how how the almatar had flourished in terms of numbers, he was overwhelmed by it he didn 't think it could happen but but Rebbein Cutler was. Seen as unreasonable, demanding, cajoling, um, and and most of the time people slammed the doors in his face. He was they were they they called his um, they called it cutlerism on par with Khomeiniism. Uh, Khomeini was there then, but it had the same flavor to it. So when someone says Barak will not be here today, I have news. Reuven Feinstein was seen by many. Murmur as being highly ineffectual. Highly, you know, he he's, he he was a tremendous of and balchsed, and he didn't like to confront people and like to find the good in people. And people, you know, murmured. I remember people always talking about, he doesn't know what's going on around him. He's he's he's, he's uh, not astute. He's uh, you know he's too nice and snap. It wasn't as if people felt they had this powerful leadership. Now yes, they're out as look back, but. It then it wasn't as if they were saying, "Wow, well, so fortunate we have these two Gedolim leading our generation." Um, let's go back one generation before that. Chabad Chaim, wow, Chabad Chaim is of course holy and above everything. There were pl- there were there were many articles published by a from public against Chabad Chaim. Let me enlighten you. Uh, and it was in in in, um, in in Vilna. There was no Rav in Vilna. There was. There was a tradition, I guess, in the Garden's time not to have Rabbanus. Um, I'm not sure if it was because the grain was so big or because in his time they had sold the rabbanis. Uh, believe it or not, this is a fact, they sold the Rabbanus. And there was this huge Mahlokus in town which ended up with the grain getting arrested. The reason why the Goyim got arrested had nothing to do with the Goyim, it had to do with the Jews. There was this huge fight about his name was a Ravigda, he was a Rav, and he bought it to Rabbanus for for agreeing, I think it was like 20 years to pay the city taxes for everybody. And he was a fine person. But there was a Machlokas and a Din and another Nod and it blew up. So I think from then on, they didn't have a rav. it Zetmei, Reb Chaim was definitely the biggest person in Vilna. And he was the de facto rav of, of Lithuanian Jewry and then, you know, literature Jewry all over. But there, was, there were problems because the government needed a rav. So they had a very hush person named Rabbi Rubenstein, who was the government rav, and he was a very good person. He was a good person. He was more by a, today you would call him a, either a centrist or modern, depending on, on where you're coming from. And the Mizrahi wanted to inaugurate him as rav. It, they said, well, since you people feel there shouldn't be a rav, that's fine. We, you need a rav on day day activities, who assumes responsibilities, who runs the town, and uh, we want him in. The Chavetz Chaim was the Chavetz held of Reb as The Gadlus Dor uh, Chaim's res- respect for Reb Chaim was beyond belief. I mean, he, he would, you know, when when Reb Chaim entered his house, once he stood a half hour outside and waited from brushing his coat off. Reb Chaim by him, and the Chaim was vehemently uh, was vehement that this is a bugia in the um, in, in the Godless, in, in his stature in his in his position and came out very sharply against it. That, you know, and, well, um, Mizrahi came out with very strong arguments against the Chaim. That, take a look, the person who wrote, who wrote "Sfarim against Lashon Hara himself is guilty of Lashon Hara and Nachlokas and all these things. Um, they didn't say, wow, Chavot Chaim said, we're folding our flags and going back. They said, you know, and uh, as usual, they, 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 they said that the Chavot Chaim's, uh, the, the people around the Chavot Chaim misled him. Um but no th- there was never a generation. Ayyv Amnusy, Moshe Rabbeinu was Moshe Rabbeinu today, Moshe Rabbeinu, his generation was open if if you read if you, if you read the Torah, um there was a yid named Korach who said that he was guilty of nepotism. And how can you say he's not guilty of nepotism? His brother's a King Godl, you know, he, he, his whole family gets jobs, top jobs. Um Dasan Viram said said that he's a maniac. I mean, he took us out of Mitzrayim. That's great. But 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 now we're just drifting. For 40 years we're drifting. I, I mean, like like where are we going to? This, you know, like like he's he's taken he's taken us to no place. We've got a plan. In two weeks we're there, or we could sell them at Mitzrayim and do well. Mm-hmm. I mean, now we are drilled in as little kids. But, but remember that it never ever was uh, never was a time when people. Could look back. W- I, when that generation was so overwhelmed by it, so on and so forth. Um, there's an, there is one, and this I think we spoke about the last time more, and but I, I'd like to just um, maybe clarify the drop so that so that um, maybe somebody will be able to do something about it. The real issue is why don't the Dolem do anything about X, Y, or Z? Well, the first issue is the mandate. Um, nobody has a card that says I'm a gobble. Yes, you have something that's exilatorial of uh, a good, and then you have a of Towns, but you don't have, it's, so let's say um, l- let's say I'm a Rob in Mokum X, and I hear about a scandal in Mokum Y. Somebody was molested, somebody was robbed, somebody did something X, Y, Z bad. Under what basis do I mix in? L- like, who made me in charge of mixing in? Um, it's a real issue. You have, when you have a clear community, a chassidish community, Ger, so Ger has a very clear hierarchy of command, and anything that happens in, in Ger falls under the Rebbe's auspices and or the Besdin or whatever communal structure they have. If you have a smaller community, a community like in Baltimore, where you have a Vader Abanim, many affairs will go there and will, 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 will uh, become part of it. Um, the, uh, um, but, but the real problem is, Baruch Hashem, we've grown so big, so diverse, that there's no, very few people have a mandate to mix into issues. You can try to do something good, but you can't mix into issues really bad, you don't have a mandate. So, A, a lack of mandate. B, there's no infrastructure for sitting down and listening to something. In 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 Havdel, in Congress, they when let's say they want to investigate, I don't know, is marijuana, health benefits, overweight, it's um it's 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 problems, it's addiction problems. They can sit down as a committee. They can call the experts. They can call witnesses. They can put out a thing that anybody who has uh, has something to say should come. And there's a reasonable sense of having gone through the union. But there's no infrastructure for that. There's not even an office space to sit down. There's, there's no way to call people. It, 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 if there were to be an effective administrative tool where, uh, uh, where, where, where there's an infrastructure, if we want to deal with the issue of molestation, we want to deal with the issue of, of schools X, Y, or Z, that we can get together a clear group of people who have knowledge or expertise in the field. We can gather in experts, and the people gathering experts don't have an agenda previously, but rather they are um, really objective. They want to get all the information. And we, we call it all the information and listen to both sides. And then the next point is to what's called uh, where you um, take a vote, and the you start from the cotton. And um, that would be an appropriate way to deal with things. So you have community structure, you have a clear body of people responsible. Aleph, Beis, Gimel, Dal, Hei, Vav, and are responsible for communal affairs. They're designed to the ear. And uh, An issue comes up. They're able to summon experts. They're able to bring in people from both sides, pros and cons, listen to all of it, debate it, um, and uh, and then come up with a Takana that is enforced because they have a the community. What happens, in fact, is almost the opposite process. The person, a person, sincerely, I'm not, I'm, I'm talking about an issue, somebody feels very badly about what goes on at these concerts. Okay? This person may be an emes over Hashem and Shem, a, and, and, a, and an astute person. This person may be a nut. This person may happen to hate this particular singer and have something against him. Or this person may be misguided. All of the above. He feels very strongly about it, and he gets the air of a big person, then you go to two dozen small people and say, this big person said you should sign. And everybody signs on and it's a big balagan. And then we find out the facts, yes, true, not true, he said, they said, I didn't say. It's it's unfortunately a circus, but the circus lies in the apparatus. Um, It's not the way it should be done. Um, You know, there should be a, a chance, let's take, again, let's take a singer with a concert. There's Again, there's room, there are issues there. So, when an issue like is brought, there should be a clear firm, who are the people that deal with these things. It's not ad hoc, every issue has a dozen different signatories. And there's another problem also, let's say, let's say 25 people sign against using cell phones. Now, if you're the 26th person, you think, let's say your position is as follows, which is reasonable, that you don't like cell phones either, you think they, they open up a Pandora's box of issues, they distract, they waste the time, uh, texting, this, that, and the other well, th- Nobody thinks it's good. But then the pressure is, so what are you gonna say? You're gonna come up with a statement that you think cell phones are good? You don't think they're good? And um, do you want people to use you and say, well, Solso didn't sign it, so that means he thinks cell phones are very good. I, I, you're then left in a position, if you're not against it with the same force that the main body of people are against it, then you're in a, in a sense, and um, saying it's good. You're going to be used that way whether you like or not. Is that what you want to do? Uh, in one of the other petitions, uh, one of the other many circuses that that happened, uh, many people came out against something, a certain issue. And um, a few people did not come out against the person because they felt that it was too that that the, that the the wording was too strong and was not appropriate. But then when, when they were used to say they agree with him, they came out against it also. Because there's no, there's no neutral position these things. Uh, you know, it, it's, everybody's medayik from a Hashemata. If your name is not there, either you've been kicked out of the club or you're in disagreement and you hold the opposite. Th- the, the, you may hold one shade less. In my memory, when Gaurav came out with the Psak, Against uh, uh, for the Mizrim, you know, being part of the Gdolum came out very strong against it. But there was one the signed of Bnei Brak, signed by the Steipler of Shach, and one notice signed by Bpchaiim rebbe and Rofas There was a marked difference in the style of the, the of of those notices, and there was a reason for it. The the the, the felt that the that the Bnei Brak version was too strong, wasn't appropriate, and um, you know, and valid disagreements. So, the real issue is, Aguda may have served, may have been able to have been that, but it's not that anymore. it's, It's a very loose organization, and you run into a lot of issues of mandate, and, and like we spoke last time, the broader, the group, the broader the base that you represent, the less effective you are as a federation. Our goodness is, 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 is voluntary. They, it's not a kehila that runs the community. It's a community comes together as a gooder So the bigger it is, the less and less and less effective it can be. There's one more point that I want to raise about it. Um, I guess two more points. Um, when people speak that you can't, uh, they say, okay, the gdolim are not good as leadership. So the alternative is what? The Bloggers Association of America? Anyone who writes a blog with at least three blogs a week, join to make decisions? Where does the leadership go to? The, is, it, is it the head of Jewish Federation? I mean, it, 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 uh, let's, let's take the point of you don't like the Okay, so who is it? The assistant executive vice president of the RCA? Uh, like, like th- which bureaucracy is going to run it? Yes? What about local leadership? Well, that begs the question, um, w- w- in very few places, is there something called local leadership? A rub of a particular shul m- it may be a great speaker, may be a sweetheart, and nothing says that he is or could be a leader, he could or could not be. It's, so let's say there's a molestation in a certain school, and now the issue is, um, what should we do? Should we go to the police? Should we now appropriately? There would be if it's a local community of the size that allows for rabbinic leadership. Or the question is, who are the leadership if not the it do, do we do we have all the school principals? Not not clear to me that they're the most fit. Do, do we have who? I mean, the social services, um, social services can deal with particular issues and they're knowledgeable. But but when you make a community issue um you have to take a lot of things into in, in, into account and and um, a social worker is very good at treating people who are abused. they may be good at discerning what's was their abuse they may it, 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 they should be involved and used but once again when we're talking about leadership, what's the alternative leadership who the editors of newspapers, the people who write columns uh, you know who are those leaders and do we elect presidents? I mean do, do, you know it's a joke J- Jewish organizations. Are run by very nice people, but I doubt what what's called leadership is really a euphemism for people who give a lot of money for organizations. That when somebody is a great leader, it meant he gave a lot of money, and we all know that. Um, and smart executive directors make them feel that they're actually leading, but no, nobody, the, the heads of the American Council presidents and the and the uh, lodges and the and the um, 1,001 other Jewish organizations. They do good things, they're nice people, but leadership in any sense that they're uh, measured and so on, I mean, what, what should be, what should, who should be the leaders and what should be the format? We still don't have an answer for that. And certainly as a Torah, we want to the Torah Torah. It's just we need a format of leadership which we don't have. One more thing that i like, another point i like to make. Um, there is a certain mob instinct and there's a certain American... Um, the, the, uh, what is sort of axiom that publicity is fantastic. If somebody did X or Y or Z, he should be in all the papers, all the blogs, and everybody should know about it, transparency and so on and so forth. Um, uh, the, um, r- like I mentioned last week, Revolver writes that slogans and, ex- and one-sided positions are the property of the Hamonam. N- um, things done quietly and secretly and so on have a tendency not to be done. Unfortunately there are times you're swept under the rug, especially if there's no direct responsibility and there's a lot bad to it. And it's right. The, the things that are not public but is going public appropriate always? Many times. For instance, Stadlonis, um, when the government when the government does something that is not good for Israel, um not good for Israel, is, 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 is writing all over the place about it. The right to go about it. The answer is many times not. It's not comfortable. For instance, let's take an example. Um, how comfortable is it for an American president to have taken a position to have been assailed? In, 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 the Jewish uh, weeklies, let and then changing his position so that it's very clear that he's kind of giving in to Jewish pressure. And how much easier for him is to make a kind of quiet shift when things are quiet and, and fine-tune his position a little differently. Um, it's definitely more effective if it's quiet. Is it always done quiet? No, but there's a, let's say somebody is, sorry? Well, I mean, Rebbe, isn't part of it that that's how you get the things to change by publicizing it? Sometimes yes, sometimes not. Sometimes it has bad effect. For instance, let's say somebody is suspect of molestation. A, is it, we don't know for sure. How appropriate is it to publicize it and to take the risk on the one hand of I, and it's it's happened, uh, the, the, you know, killing somebody for good when he's innocent, um, when it's some, or um, the other side letting somebody go and keep molesting, and s- because he's smart enough to be on the radar screen. How smart is it um, to talk about things when we talk about all the people who stole money and got away with it, uh, stole money and are in jail? It creates two things. It, it so on the one hand. Yes, we, we 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 see how terrible it is, and there's another effect. The other effect is: listen, if you want to make money, you're gonna have to sit five years in jail. Um, that's way it is. Listen, A, B, C, D, and E do, done it. It's 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 okay. When when you hear about enough things done wrong, then your sense is: well, everybody in business is stealing. And obviously, if if I heard five big names of people, it's very very not clear. Instinctively, we'd like to hang him, but as we talk about it, as we publicize it, as we gl- there's, a, there's a hint of glory to it, um, there's a hint of gloating in it, it's very hard, it, it's, it's, the, the problem is there's a genuine two horns of a dilemma. In a culture of quiet secrecy sweeping under the rug, everything gets swept under the rug, and we condone what we ought not to condone, and we let terrible things happen. But just like publicizing suicides, on the one hand we need to know about suicides. We need to know people suffer depressions that God forbid lead to the worst. On the other hand, su- you know it's 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 it's, the, it's a it's a statistic that the more you read about it becomes kind of acceptable. Um, let's say affairs. Let's say let's say there are all sorts of affairs of men and women. Publicizing it on the one hand, it will could serve as a deterrent. On the other hand, you say, listen, that's natural human behavior. The question is only who got caught, but if five chashua people are involved in it, this must, be the right, this must be the way things are. I don't know. I, 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 just, um, I just want to, to to say that there are, and also there's a certain voyeuristic instinct. Oh, did you know, this, this person? You, you know, he's running out with women, he's stealing money. It, 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 it creates a certain, it sh- should have from newspaper, What do do we do if if I'm a a from newspaper and somebody is caught in in all sorts of affairs that are, let's say, not tortic? And do do, do I write it up in the paper? What do I do here? And I, I don't know an answer. I just want to point out it's not simple. What you can do on a blog by somebody who's got no reins and do you want, I mean, those blogs that quote-unquote expose the truth, um, would you like your kids to read those blogs? The tone of it, they're always bitter, cynical, holy than thou, because if everybody is a, a thief, then I'm a fine person, even though I'm, I'm not doing very much with my life, except for blogging. Um, and and, and it, these people, when you live in a culture that everybody's a thief, then your conclusion is not that I have to be myself, as a mumminess, but I'm a great Tzaddik. That's the culture that comes out. And it's very important to understand that. When you, you want your children not to be naive, you want them to understand the word, you don't want them to live off the National Enquirer. Um, even if the National Enquirer is true, um, but it 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 it's it, the true of it quote unquote is the one hundredth of one percent sickness in society, and if you read it day in day out there that that's your window to the world th- 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 then your picture is of of a sick society and eventually it doesn't it doesn't uh, spur you to do better a lot of times it spurs you to do worse yes goodness. like yes it and it's and it's it's a real dilemma. I don't know the answer. I just want to present it. It's something that I think about a lot and puzzle and and I would hope that you you puzzle also. Okay.